Hey, I'm excited to be here. Uh, Southview and I go way back, uh, back in 1965 and later. My brother was a member here. Uh, he was a music major at UNL and attended here and taught Sunday school classes and things like that. Uh, a couple of years later, I started coming to Southview from time to time. I was part of a student organization called Baptist Student Union. And from time to time, we'd have conferences, and sometimes they're here at Southview. And so uh, I go way back. Of course, I really go back with your kids. Starting in 1988, your kids started coming to camp with me. Uh, boy, that was 30 years ago. Uh, that's why I wore my favorite camp T-shirt. Can you see it? Can you, can, can you see what this? They say it's backwards, but I looked in the mirror, and it's just fine. Uh, you know, I'm wondering, uh, since it's been 30 years of camp, do we have any families at Southview whose parents went to camp with me and now whose kids go to camp with me? Do we have anybody, a uh, couple generation? Of course, the biggest connection I have is with your wonderful pastor, Pastor Aaron Householder. Uh, he's been a cabin leader with me any number of times, and while I have fallen in love with him, uh, you guys have got a great pastor. Well, this morning, I want you to use your imagination with me. I know it's daylight savings time, but you gained an hour. So I want you to use your imagination with me. Uh, Thanksgiving is coming up, so I want you to imagine two different Thanksgiving meals. Over here is Thanksgiving meal A, and there's a real fancy oak table over here. Can you see it? Uh, there's a tablecloth on it that's really beautiful. Uh, on this table, there is china and crystal, and real silverware. Do you see it? You're not helping me. You see it, okay? And this meal consists of turkey and ham, uh, mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes, that green bean casserole, you know, they always... Uh, corn, real yeast rolls, real butter. I mean, it's awesome. For dessert... Apple pie with ice cream, pumpkin pie with whipped cream, it's awesome. And the best part is you're going to eat it at Grandma's house. What do you think? Are you hungry? Uh, is your stomach juices starting to flow? Well, this is Thanksgiving meal A. Over here, we have a different Thanksgiving meal. It's Thanksgiving meal B, okay? And over here, we have a card table. Uh, and on the card table, we have uh, paper plates, plastic silverware, uh, serving bread and water, and this is located on your cousin's porch. Do you see Thanksgiving meal B? Now, I've got a question. Is there anything I could say to get you to choose Thanksgiving meal B? Anything I could say? You know, Thanksgiving dinner on your cousin's porch. Now, that's a real no-brainer when you have those two choices. Everybody chooses Thanksgiving meal A. It's just better. Well, according to the Bible, particularly the book of Proverbs, there are two ways to live. Way A and way B. And they are different. There are two paths that you can choose for your life. Path A or path B. Two meals, so to speak, that you could eat, and everybody has to choose. 
So this morning, I want us to open up the book of Proverbs and look at what Proverbs has to say about these two different ways to live. And I'm hoping to talk you into following plan A, way A, meal A. All right? So turn with me to the book of Proverbs. By the way, there are some sermon note-taking sheets in your bulletin as a part of your bulletin. Uh, Get those out and follow along. Uh, you will notice that as I go through, there'll be, uh, there'll be notes up here on the screen with numbers and words underlined. Uh, those go uh, along with the sermon note-taking sheets. So turn to Proverbs uh, chapter 9, and we're going to read about the two different ways uh, that you can choose to live. Proverbs 9, 1 to 6, it starts off talking about woman wisdom. You can follow her way. Here's what it says. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her maids and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come in here. She says to those who lack judgment, come eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of understanding. Now we have another person offering a way to live. Look at verses 13 through 18. The woman folly is loud. She is undisciplined and without knowledge. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city calling out to those who pass by who go straight on their way. Let, who are all, let all who are simple come in here, she says to those who lack judgment. Stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depth of the earth. These verses give us two invitations on how to live. One invitation comes from woman wisdom, The other invitation comes from woolly woman folly. Let's look at woman wisdom, all right? She is the personification of wisdom. And she tells us about herself. She is woman wisdom. Now, do you know what wisdom is in the book of Proverbs? This is really important. Wisdom is the is God's practical knowledge of how life works. God made the earth. He made life on the earth. He made us. So God knows how life works, what works and what does not. And also, he has seen everybody who has ever lived. So he knows the choices people have made. He knows what works and what does not work. Therefore, God has practical knowledge of how life works. You understand what this woman is offering? Plus, the Bible tells us that we will do well if we follow her. Like eating Thanksgiving meal A, how will Thanksgiving turn out? It will turn out well. It will be great. It's the same way. If you choose woman wisdom, if you choose to follow God's practical knowledge of how life works, you will do well. Now, let's look at woman folly. Uh, She is the personification of folly, and she tells us about herself. 
Now, what is folly? You probably have a better idea of wisdom than folly, but what is folly? Well, according to the book of Proverbs, folly is all the other ways that people choose to live. They don't choose what God says, they choose something else. Folly is all of the other ways to live. Now, it may come from your friends. Your friends may have an idea of how to live. That's folly. Uh, Certainly, there are philosophies that you could follow. Uh, Not only that, but there are religions you could follow. You could follow the media. But all of these are other ways to live other than God, and they are all folly. You understand the difference? What God says versus what everybody else says, and that includes you and what you think. Now, here's the interesting thing. Folly claims to have found a better way. Folly claims that she knows better than God does. Yes, God is God. He's been around. But for some reason, folly knows better. And folly tells you that if you follow her, you will do well. Now, notice both of them invite us to follow them. Woman wisdom says, hey, come follow me. Woman folly says, come follow me. Just like Thanksgiving meal A says, I'm appealing, come eat me. Thanksgiving meal B says, hey, I've got some good things going too, come eat me. So they both invite us to follow them. You've experienced that, haven't you? That tug of war between what God says and what your friends are saying and what you want to do. They both invite us to follow them and their invitation means three things. This is really important to understand what is going on when you feel that tug of war. Number one, we are to live our lives according to them. This is not theoretical. This is not philosophy. This is just thinking. Uh, They invite you to live your life according to them. You understand that? Plus, you must make a choice between them. You can't ride the fence. You have to live and you have to choose one or the other. Can you eat both of these Thanksgiving meals up here? Can you be at grandma's house and on your cousin's porch at the same time? Can you eat Folly's meal and then run over to grandma? No, you have to choose one or the other. So you have to choose either what God says or what you think your friends say, other things such as that. And then you are to listen and then choose. This is not a blind choice. You are invited to listen carefully to what they have to say and then make your choice. Well, let's do this. Let's look at wisdom and folly and listen. And then at the end of my sermon, I want you to choose which way you're going to go. Okay. Notice woman wisdom here. Uh, There are some things you need to know about her that this passage tells us. Number one, her meal is eaten in a magnificent house. Most people back in those days lived in a small house, so small they had to eat outside on the porch. Not woman wisdom. She lives in a magnificent house with a courtyard, and you can eat in the courtyard and have servants. So she has a magnificent house where you can eat the meal. Number two, she has a magnificent meal. Noticed meat and fine wine mixed with spices and water. Maybe it'll fit. Most people did not do that. Most people had bread and water, maybe a little fish, 
uh, occasionally some fruit. So this is, this is wild. This is better than what people have on their own. This is a magnificent meal. This is Thanksgiving meal A. Uh, did you see my wife's face light up when I mentioned the real yeast rolls? Um, and that's what we're talking about. That's what Lady Wisdom is offering. And then notice she has a magnificent table. Uh, just like the table over here. It, it's wonderful to eat at her house because she puts such a spread. Okay. Uh, let's look at woman folly over here. By the way, most people follow woman folly. Did you know that? Most of the time in your life, you probably follow woman folly. Let's see what she offers, Okay. Can she beat Thanksgiving dinner at grandma's house? Let's look at it. She is loud and undisciplined. You know what that means? This is like eating at a bar full of drunk people. It is loud and undisciplined. This is no banquet. This is no feast. This is a terrible place to have Thanksgiving. Also, the meal is on the porch. Now, I know the NIV says that she says to people, come in and eat with me. The Hebrew says, come and eat with me. She's out on the porch. How does that sound to you? Loud and undisciplined bar scene on the porch. So she's offering lunch on the porch, and she's offering bread and water. Uh, there's no steak there. Now, the NIV says food, but the Hebrew word really means something that is grown, like grain and things like that. So here you go. Here's woman finally loud, undisciplined, eating on the porch with bread and water. You understand the difference? Woman wisdom and woman folly. There is quite a difference. Now I want us to look at what they offer. Look at the invitations that they have. First of all, woman wisdom says, leave your simple ways. Simple ways are the ways that people live that are not informed by God's wisdom. They are simple. They make sense to people, but they don't make sense to God. They are not God's way of living. They are man's way of living. So the woman says, hey, I've got something better. Leave Thanksgiving meal on the porch and come over here and enjoy life like God can give you. So she says, leave your simple ways. And then she says, okay, ways not influenced by wisdom. I want to leave things out. I know some of you go crazy if I don't give you the answer to the blank. My church members always did that. So uh, simple ways are not influenced by wisdom. Uh, and then she says, walk in understanding. What does that mean? Well, Dr. Uh, Longman read, a, read a, a really, really good book on Proverbs, uh, Tremper Longman. And here's what he says. Wisdom is the knowledge of how to handle life's pitfalls. Anybody can do well when life is safe and things are going well. But there are times in life when you face pitfalls, when the choice that you make has a big influence on your life. Lady Wisdom says, I can tell you how to handle life's pitfalls. Life is sometimes like walking in a minefield. When you're in a minefield, do you need to be careful where you step? Absolutely, because you could blow yourself apart. In life, are there minefields you have to work through? Yes, there are. And does it make a difference the choices that you make? Yes, it does. Lady Wisdom says, I know where the mines are. I can tell you how to avoid the problems. 
Many of you have stepped on mines in life, am I correct? You made a decision that just didn't turn out the way you thought. Lady Wisdom says, I can help you with that. I can help you understand the dangerous things in life. Now, the last thing is she appeals to our better judgment. She appeals to our better judgment. She's logical. She gives us what we're looking for. So here's what it says. Why does Lady Wisdom appeal to our better judgment? Why can she be honest with us and say, this is what I offer? I'm not pulling any punches. This is what I have to offer to you. Because she appeals to the good life you want. In your heart, you know how you want life to turn out. In your heart, you know how things ought to be. She says, I can help you with that. You see, she has got the goods. So she can be honest. She says, my way works. I don't need to lie to you. I can tell you the truth. And so she gives you the truth. Understand woman wisdom over here and what she offers. I want to show you a video. Some of the people in the church saw this video and said, what does that have to do with the sermon? Well, this is a video by Bob Newhart, you know, the comedian. And uh, let me set the scene for you. Bob is in London back in colonial days. And he's got that colonial stuff on. He's got the quill pen. And he's just writing some notes. And uh, I'm going to call him Sir Bob in London. And he receives a phone call from Sir Walter Raleigh. You've heard of him. Uh, Back in the colonies, he's got all kinds of stuff. He's shipping back to England. Uh, And uh, Sir Walter Raleigh calls Sir Bob with the latest idea. So I want you to look for three things. Uh, Are you awake? Okay, three things. Number one, what is Sir Walter Raleigh offering this time? Number two, what does Sir Bob say about that? And number three, why? Okay, what's he offering? How does Sir Bob react and why? Are we ready with the lights here? Hello, who's calling? Oh, Sir, Sir Walter Raleigh from the colonies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, put him on, will you? Harry, uh, pick up your extension, will you? It's Nutty Wald again. <laughs> hi, hi Wald, baby. Good, good hearing your voice. Things are fine here, Walt. The uh, a boatload of turkeys you sent us over here last November, they're, they're still here, Walt. Uh, yeah, they're walking all over London. <laughs> See, that isn't a holiday over here, Walt. Just in America. <laughs> yeah. You got another winner for us, Walt, have you? Tobacco. <laughs> What's tobacco, Walt? A leaf. You've got 80 tons of it. You bought 80 tons of leaves, Walt? <laughs> oh, you're, you're beautiful, Walt. You're, you're, uh, uh, Walt, I, I don't know if you noticed last time, we have plenty of leaves over here in England. Uh, see, come fall, we're up to... It's a special kind of leaf. It's some kind of food, is it, Walt? No, not exactly. Uh, what, what do you do with the leaves, Walt? Lo- lots of different things. <laughs> are, are you saying snuff, Walt? Uh, and, and what's snuff? You take a pinch of tobacco and you stick it up your nose. <laughs> and, and it makes you sneeze. <laughs> I, I imagine it would, Walt, yeah. <laughs> 
goes, goes over very big there, does it? Uh, goldenrod seems to do it over here, Walt. Uh, tobacco has other uses. You, you can chew it or stuff it in a pipe. Or you, or you can shred the leaves, put it in a little piece of paper, roll, roll it up. You, you don't have to tell me, Walt. You stick it in your ear, right? Between your lips. Okay, well, and, and then what are you doing? With it? <laughs> you set fire to it, Walt. <laughs> hey, hey, you want to get on the intercom? I, I don't want the boys to miss this. Okay, what was Sir Walter Raleigh offering England? Tobacco. And what did Sir Bob say? No, they weren't interested. Why? Because the idea came from Nettie Walt. He had all kinds of other dumb ideas. And so Sir Bob remembered, you know those turkeys running all over London? We don't need another fiasco like that. Plus, did you notice Sir Bob had great insight into just how stupid tobacco is? You know, you stick it up your nose, really? And you set fire to it and you put it in your mouth? Woman wisdom helps you see the truth. When you are tempted, you can realize that's just nutty folly again. That's nutty Satan talking to me. I'm not interested. And lady wisdom helps you remember all of the dumb stuff you tried before. And you say, I'm not listening anymore. And Lady Wisdom gives you the insight to laugh at temptation and say, this is crazy. Why would I want to do that? Kind of like, why would anybody want Thanksgiving meal be? Why would anybody want that? That is the advantage of following woman wisdom. That's the advantage of following God's practical knowledge of what actually works. Now, let's look at woman folly. She has quite a sales pitch to make. How do you talk people into lunch on the porch versus Thanksgiving meal at grandma's house? She's got quite the challenge. So let's look at what she says to talk people into following her. Notice what she says. The water is stolen. It's illegal. It is forbidden. Uh, you can rebel. It's, it's, it's exciting. Yes, it's just water, but it's what you want. You understand what she's saying? This water is stolen. That makes it better. And then she says, you're going to eat the bread in secret. Nobody will know. You can hide what you're doing. It's just between you and, uh, and Satan. You can do it in secret. So she says it's something better. See, yes, Thanksgiving meal is bread and water, but wow, what bread and water. I want you to know she appeals to the dark side. She appeals to your dark side, your, your desires, your base hormones, your rebellious spirit. See, she has to put a spin on it to talk you into following her rather than following God. And she does a really good job. Now, why does folly have to do that? Why does folly have to put spin on what she offers? Why does Satan have to dress up temptation? Because 
Why does, spin, why does folly have to put a spin on it? She has to trick you into thinking folly is better than what God offers. She has got to trick you into eating Thanksgiving meal on the porch rather than the great meal of God. She has to persuade you that her way of living is better. Can we be honest with one another? How good is folly at that? How good is she at getting you to choose this lousy meal over here over God's wisdom? She does a great job. I want us to look at one particular example from the book of Proverbs. Uh, I want us to look at Proverbs 16, 16. And let me set this up for you. This is in the exact middle of the book of Proverbs. Do you know much about how the book of Proverbs works, how ancient writings work? Uh, usually they put something important at the beginning, something important at the end, and then right in the middle they put what is most important. Well, this is what Solomon does with the book of Proverbs. If you take the book of Proverbs written on a scroll and roll it out and measure the middle, guess what verse is in the middle? Proverbs 16, 16. So Solomon is emphasizing it. This is really important. This is an issue where you really have to be careful between choosing wisdom and folly. Do you understand where we're going? Uh, as I prayed about covering this, I thought, oh, God, the, 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 the people, they're not going to buy this. This is crazy. And then, God said, then why in the world did I put it right in the middle of the book of Proverbs? I said, okay, I will follow wisdom instead of folly in what I'm preaching. And I want you to notice what kind of proverb this is. This is a better than proverb. Meal A is better than meal B. Wisdom is better than folly. This means when you come to the fork of the road and you have to choose wisdom or folly, you need to choose wisdom. And uh, the issue that he covers here is really important. So this is one of those uh, issues in life where you have to choose which way to go, knowing one is much better than the other. It's very simple. Proverbs 16, 16. Here's what it says. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to choose understanding rather than silver. What's the issue? The issue is, which is better? Gaining wisdom and understanding, spending your time doing that, or making money? spending money, uh, taking care of your possessions, uh, which is better? There's a fork in the road and you have to choose. Do you spend your time with one or the other? So the issue is, which is better, wisdom or money? What would most people vote? People you know, what would they vote? Money's better, making money's better, spending money, going shopping, taking care of that new boat, whatever. Most people would say, Money is better. Okay? Now, there are two parts to this issue of money versus wisdom. And it's important uh, that you get this because I'm not telling you to quit your job and spend all your time reading the Bible. You need Notice two parts. Number one, sometimes you can do both and praise God because you need money and you need wisdom. So there are times when you can do both. And that is awesome. But then there are times when making money, spending money, taking care of possessions interferes with gaining wisdom. 
You know what I'm talking about. Uh, you should have your quiet time. Oh, but the mall is calling. You ought to be in Sunday school and worship. Oh, but man, the lake out there. I'd like to take my boat and, and go do that. Or, you know, I, I, I would like to be in a small group, but, you know, I can take a second job and make money so I don't need to be in small group. You understand what I'm saying? There are times when you have an opportunity to be in Sunday school, to have your quiet time, uh, to go to like shine. I see some of the shine shirts around. There are times you have that opportunity, but your money, your possessions could get in the way. So which do you choose? Do you choose wisdom and understanding or do you choose money? Well, what do you choose? I know what you're thinking, the church answer, right? Yes. Uh, wisdom or money, which do you choose? Uh, well, you choose to do the things that help you gain wisdom. You choose the things to help you gain wisdom. Well, the question is why? Having wisdom is better than having money. Did I really say that? Having understanding life's pitfalls is better than having money? I mean, really? Not having wisdom is worse than not having money? Is that really what I'm saying? What's it like to not have money? Boy, that's pretty bad. What's it like to not have wisdom? That is worse. Okay. Okay, let's bring this thing home. I mean, really? Is that, is that really true? How could that possibly be true? I mean, that is hard to believe that wisdom and understanding are better than money. I, I feel wrong saying that. And you look at me like, you think your shirt is backwards. Man, your thinking is backwards. So why in the world does the Bible tell us wisdom is better? Two sides of this story. Here are some reasons. Number one, why is wisdom better? Proverbs 8, 19. Proverbs 8, 19. Notice what it says. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. What you get from wisdom is better than what you get from money. The gain that you have, the things that you get are better. And then there's a second reason. If you'll, okay, let, uh, let me get, okay. Their yield in their, and, their, and their fruit is better. Uh, your life is just better with them, okay? So life is better when you have wisdom than when you have understanding uh, than money. So life is just better when you have that. So of course that's what you want. Okay, now the other side of the coin. 15 verses 16 and 17 and 17, 1. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Better a meal of vegetables where there is love than a fattened calf with hatred. And then 17.1, better a dry crust with peace and quiet than at a house full of feasting and strife. What do you get when money comes? Trouble is found in money. Have you ever studied lottery winners? Someone wins the lottery, is that their lucky day? No, lottery money almost always destroys people. Trouble comes with money. Now, wisdom and understanding produce the fear of the Lord. They teach you what God says. They motivate you to do it, and you get the blessings from it. But money just causes trouble. Money brings turmoil. 
So I've got a question. What are the odds, what are the odds that you struggle with this choice between money and wisdom and understanding? Obviously, people in Solomon's day struggled with it because he put it right in the middle of the book of Proverbs. Those people struggled with knowing what's, what's better, money or wisdom. What are the odds that we struggle with that, people to South View? What are the odds that you struggle with it? You know what I think? What do you think? Give me a percentage. What are the odds? I say 100%. We have got way too much money. It calls to us. It fools us. And there are a whole bunch of people who are not staying for Sunday school this morning. You know why? A whole bunch of people don't go to super summer or children's camp or women's conferences. Things that They don't go to their small group because their possessions get in the way. So what do you do? I don't want my life destroyed by making wrong choices when it comes to finances. So what do I do so I don't get fooled? And I go to the landmine of money instead of this great feast with wisdom. Well, what's the answer? The answer is gain wisdom and understanding. That way you will see that folly is some nutty thing. You will see the truth. You gain wisdom and understanding. And how do you do that? Well, this is where the churchy answer is right. Bible study prayer, be in Sunday school, be in a small group, go to conferences. When you have the opportunity to gain wisdom, you say, yes. Do you have to change your work schedule? Yes. Do you not get to enjoy your your possessions? Yes. Why? Because having wisdom is greater than having money. And not having wisdom is worse than not having money. For some of you this morning, in order to choose meal A, in order to have wisdom, you need to make Jesus the boss of your life. You may be in church, you may be baptized, uh, your parents may be Christians, you may go to camp, uh, but Jesus is not the boss of your life. That is the first choice that you make if you want to have wisdom and understanding, that personal relationship with Jesus. He will walk with you. He will talk with you. He will help you understand those landmines and point to them. Don't do this. So if you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus to be the boss, uh, I'm here to pray with you. I understand one of the deacons is going to be here. We would love to introduce you to Jesus who will walk with you. I would imagine many of us this morning would have to say, You know, Brother Roger, I'm walking in a landmine field because I'm doing what I want. In some part of my life, I don't care what God says, I'm doing what I want that looks better. My invitation to you is stop it. You have been fooled. You have bought folly. You need to get back to doing what God wants you to do. Uh, There may be some other issues that you're dealing with. I'm here to pray with you. Uh, The altar is here. You can just pray this morning. Come and say, God, help me. Let me pray together and then we'll sing. Heavenly Father, I started my sermon by showing just how stupid folly is. And I've ended by saying that folly is so attractive that we fall for it. I pray your Holy Spirit has worked in the meantime and has helped us to see that we need to live your way. We need to do what we need to do to gain your wisdom. Father, we've got some choices to make this morning during this invitation time. I pray you'll be with us and help us.